0: This summer marks the 55th anniversary of Columbia, Maryland being created by James Rouse, whose talented grandson turned out to be Oscar-nominated actor Ed Norton, who delved into city planning corruption in his neo-noir Motherless Brooklyn. I spoke about it with Norton in 2019, as well as the 20th anniversary of Fight Club, whose director David Fincher turns 60 years old today. We're here with the one and only Edward Norton, who is the writer and director and star of the new film Motherless Brooklyn. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Pleasure. All right, so let's start. Uh, it, was, it was a book that came out like, in the late 90s. When did you actually get your hand on it and say, you know, I, I, I'm envisioning this in my head? Uh, I read it before most people because I got it in galleys before it was, it was published, actually. Awesome. And uh, immediately, I mean, I'm sure as you're reading it, are you, are you, you know, you're a, a student of film history and stuff. Um, are you are you immediately thinking, all right, this is my this is like my Chinatown here, you know, <laughs> instead of instead of uh, L.A. water. And I mean, that as a compliment. L.A. water and power. We have New York borough authority. You know, Alec Baldwin's kind of the Little cross. You know, there's, it's just like it's, it's that's the first thing I thought of when I was watching the movie. Um, so was any of that percolating in you as you're reading it or shooting it? Well, uh no because none of that's in
1: the book. The book the book takes place in 1999. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um the resetting it in this in the 50s and um building in the plot about um what was going on in in the mid 50s with uh discrimination and housing and and um kind of some uh, this fairly brutal autocrat who ran New York in that period um who was kind of the shadow dictator of New York yeah. uh, in the fifties? The that's a complete departure from the book. The book, the book, um, the book is about a detective with Tourette syndrome and obsessive compulsive disorder who's yeah. working to solve the the mystery of of the killing of his only friend. Okay, but um, you expanded it into what, that. yeah, but but the the book uh, it's the most wonderful character. It 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 immediately hooks you on page one. You're kind of his his condition uh is is really unusual and and it's funny and and yet it's poignant and it's he's got brilliant special gifts because of his condition but then it also trips him up and makes it, the world hard to navigate people treat him badly um but but you're in the book you're inside his head so you know kind of the the real him and then you also watch him kind of navigate this his his, his own personal difficulties um, that's what I loved, and, um, but the book also has kind of a, sur- it's it's hard to explain. It's a surreal, it's in the 90s, but these guys live in kind of this pocket of Brooklyn that feels like the 50s, and ultimately, um, the author gave me his blessing to just sort of reset it in the actual 50s. Um,
0: Why'd you want to make that
1: change? It was just that
0: rich with, you know, well, the, sh- the shadow puppeteer kind of a deal? Yes,
1: there, there were... St- to me, there was a story that as a that he as a the character could be this great vehicle from go for going into some of these these murky histories um that I think are fairly resonant with what's going on in the world right now in our and um and but but also it's 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 a tough thing to explain the in the book they really feel like um they feel like guys who have never left the fifties but film can be very Film is much more literal, and if you if you do that on film, you could be like, it could feel like the Blues Brothers, you know right, what I mean, right. like guys in fedoras in the right. mo- and you just go, do we want to do we want it to feel tongue in cheek, and we didn't.
0: Sure. We wanted it. We wanted to play it emotionally straight, right. you know. Right, right, absolutely. Was there any tie, because um, I, I, I've always known that, you know, you were always looking for the local angle. I know you you know, you know, grew up in Columbia, Maryland some, mm-hmm. and that was like one of the first planned communities in D.C. Was that e- echoing your mind at all about, you know, the, the idea of these different boroughs? I mean, did that fa- play into your fascination with that topic at all, you think? Yeah, not Columbia per se, but um, my grandfather
1: uh, was this very progressive urban planner, James Rouse, and he... he he conceived Columbia and built yeah. Columbia, but but that that was um, sort of an outgrowth of his conviction that cities were, that people were leaving cities because cities weren't being cared for or paid attention to, made renewed and made vibrant. And um, this was the kind of the cause of his life. And later in his life, he was very, very driven um, to take on the affordable housing crisis. Mm-hmm. So he, yes, he, I mean... The inspiration was more, I worked for him, I knew, you know, I was very immersed in his work and, um, uh, there's a lot, a lot of his values and his, Hmm. his view are expressed in Willem Dafoe's character. Um, anyone who's in this area, who's familiar with my granddad and his idealism and, um, would be... Would be very familiar with some of the some of the things being expressed by Willem Dafoe's character.
0: It's actually. Willem Dafoe's granddad, in a way, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know,
1: there's there's certain lines that are that are
0: straight out of my granddad's mouth. Yeah. I love it. Well, and they say, right, what you know, right? So that's freaking awesome. Um, you mentioned the the character, the you know, so the the Tourettes and everything. Um, talk about why you know. You said you saw that in the book, and that's what hooked you. Um, talk about actually crafting those. You know, in terms of acting choices, like how do you decide what to do? And you know, you, you don't you don't want to. It's tricky. You don't want to play it for laughs in the wrong times, but there are moments where you can, you know. Um just explain sort of, you know, uh, how you tackle a character like that because like you mentioned earlier, his constantly going mind, I have a little bit myself, it allows you to, him to crack the case. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's it's 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 also a benefit to him. So right. but acting choice wise, how are, how are you deciding which little things to, you know, how to burst out, you know? Well um, I mean first off I I I actually think the most insulting
1: thing you can do, to, in depicting any kind of unique condition or or even affliction, if you want to call it that, you know, um, disability, whatever, whatever, whatever wrapper you want to put on it, I think the worst thing to do is to be is to take away the complex humanity of anybody, and and if you if you reduce someone to nothing but their condition, that's not, that's not respectful. Like, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, I think the reason My Left Foot, for instance, is a great Mm -hmm. film is that that's the whole point is, yes, he has this condition, but he's also a real jerk to a lot of people and he's funny and he, you know, and and the whole point is that he refused to be defined by it, Mm -hmm. right? That's why it's a great story. It's about, he's not heroic because... He had a disability. He's heroic because because he, he refused it in a way. Um, I think that the other thing is that Tourette's syndrome in particular is not very easily quantifiable. It's very different in each person. Some people have very mild physical manifestations of it only. Some people have um, voc- the vocal components of it, the... The compulsion to say certain things repetitively. There's a little OCD in there too. Yeah, You're yeah. picking at the thread. And yeah, yeah, but some some people have Tourettes and components of OCD. Some do not. Some right. just literally have sure. physical twitches, or they have the <clears throat> what's called echolalia, which is the impulse to um, sort of you know, shout out certain things. Um, the I what I felt was that what I felt was that I wanted to create sort of a a mashup of it that's all his own um, which is in some ways accurate because everybody's expressions of Tourette's are are very unique and personal so um, there's 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 a number of good documentary films about people with the condition those are enormously helpful because you get to see a wide variety Mm -hmm. of people and in some ways say oh that's an interesting that's an interesting component that's an interesting component what you know and um and i've met a few people uh with varying degrees of intensity of the condition and um yeah i think to me what was almost as important as getting that right is is depicting that condition or no condition he's a person who needs to grow up a little bit he's 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 as he says sort of been so um Wrapped up in his own problems, that he's never honestly summoned up the the kind of the the moral courage to to think bigger, care about other people, get outside his own skin, and sure. and when he meets this young black woman who who herself is deals with discrimination, being marginalized, she's a lawyer, but mm-hmm. people think she's a secretary, but right. she but she she is fighting, she is she is um, spending her life trying to make things better for other people and in a way through her he ends up going you know what? what's my what's my friggin excuse I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself a pass and I'm ultimately being apathetic and right. it, to me it, you know that that's the thing too is you want to see it's great to root for an underdog I think we all like to root for an underdog that's what that's what's wonderful honestly about films like Forrest Gump or Rain Man mm-hmm. I think Though the characters are extreme, what they do is they remind us to, that we like to. It's nice to be empathetic. It's nice to root for. It's nice to root for people, you know. Sure. But, um, but in a way too, what you you want to see the character themselves grow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think it. That's that. You know. I, I look. We live. We live in a world where, um, all in all honesty, entertainment is a great thing. But sometimes I I think that people unconsciously they want more nourishing depictions of people they 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 want things don't people don't only want like high fructose corn syrup they they don't they don't want it it's nice to sit back in a chair and watch other people sort of say it swoop in 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 tights and save the world but the truth is is like i think people are more ultimately it's more satisfying for all of us to see films where we're not passive, where we're mm-hmm. we can see ourselves in it, and they provoke us to think a little bit about ourselves and mm-hmm. see ourselves in characters who have to push themselves to rise, right. and that I think is is uh, honestly I think we we connect in a deeper and more human way yeah. with those stories where where we can we see a more a more humble and realistic kind of version of
0: heroism if that makes any sense. I'm with you, and that's coming from. Uh, the hawk right there. <laughs> <laughs> Who got out of it on, on the ground floor, if you want to say. Um, anyway, um, but st- staying on topic, directing-wise, um, when you're casting Alec, um, is, is, it, is it any coincidence you're casting the guy that goes on SNL playing Trump in such a role? Like, that swimming pool scene in that, him in that robe, that's exactly what I'm thinking about that. Um, time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't,
0: Alec is such a fine, dramatic actor, he always
1: has been, um, I'm older than you but if you came up on movies like glengarry glen ross you oh, know yeah. or, uh, you know alec 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 is not only a really great stage actor and dramatic actor he in particular he has a he has a command of language that is really extraordinary and i i think what i really when i watch this he reminds me of some of those great you know mid-century actors like lee j cobb or oh god um you know or uh um pe- those people who had a um a facility with language yeah. that lets them take very com- Orson Welles honestly yeah, yeah. he reminds me of like Orson Welles yeah. and Citizen Kane he yeah. he has that kind of heft that yeah. kind of old world Or Lee J heft. Cobb yeah, Lee Union J. Boss water yeah, on, the yeah, on the waterfront waterfront yeah. Yeah. 12 yeah. angry men yeah, yeah. and and you you feel a kind of a, a lethal powerful yeah. sense of his capacity to to intimidate, to bully, yeah. but his intellectual force at the same time. Sure. And there's not a lot of people like that. Yeah. Um so I I and and obviously like the 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 character he plays is a is an intellectual giant as a w as well as a power broker and he um so the the direct comparisons to, you know. Insane clowns um, are are <laughs> limited. I think you know. What I mean that to me. To me, Alec is this, the fact that Alec is a great satirist and a great comedian doesn't undercut for me um, what he's in a way. My original relationship with Alec is as a great dramatic actor. And honestly, I think the most amazing thing is that there's very few people who do them both that yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I think I think uh, for me, it, it's really thrilling to see him
0: in that dark, uh, gear, you know, I think it's, it's, um, it's kind of wonderful. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, again, it's a compliment to the the performance and everything in the role, but I'm thinking John Huston, Noah Cross right there. Yeah, no, I I I love that. Yes, I I love that.
1: (laughs) I think that, that, that sense, um, of people, people for whom other people have become inconvenient, you know, whose power and wealth has has led them into a place yeah. where they have there's no apology no sense of self-consciousness yeah. about yeah. the 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 naked yeah. brutal sort of uh um assertion that they can
0: do what yeah. they want you know what i mean even says i'm not just above the law i'm ahead of the law right. the law will yeah. adapt to me eventually exactly yeah, yeah.
1: and and i think to uh, you know without giving it all away i think you know i think I was very interested in the psychology of. To me, he he's like a Darth Vader, and by that I mean he was a Jedi. He he was right. he he had the capacity right. to bring his incredible talents into yeah. the good, and and has become so seduced by, ultimately by by total control that he's applying his gifts in a dark way, um, yeah. uh, which is, which yeah. I think happens, you know, and I think and and then of course people who become that powerful it tends to metastasize and express itself in other forms of brutality with which you know i don't want to give away sure. plot points in the film but you but i think that's part of it is that we're see and we're seeing you know i i mean i think you referenced chinatown what's <laughs> what, what's great about chinatown i think is it illuminates it remember it's about the 30s in la right. right but it's made in in 1974 75 74 and it um it really, uh, you know, it's this moment where I think a lot of Americans were saying, you know, we've been, we've essentially, like, the military-industrial complex yeah. has completely lied to us about this war that we're now yeah. pulling out of. It was the year of Watergate. With I believe, Ur- yeah. And Watergate is yeah. unspooling. And um, and it's sort of like, you know, the film says, hey, you know, by looking at the past, by looking at, you know, the, the dark shadow narrative that was under the, the sunny LA of the American dream um we 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 distill something about what's going on right now too we remind ourselves hey that this has always been a function this has always been part of the shadow narrative right and what i love about it is i think in a lot of these films bogart nicholson the detective kind of stands for all of us he wanders into that shadow narrative and like all of us kind of goes hey you know what you're starting this is starting to irritate me like right. i'm start i'm gonna start sticking a fork in you because right. like they the detective is the one who says, you know how much of this do you expect us to tolerate before we start um right. you know before we start protesting in yeah. a way where you're gonna make me mad, yeah. you know what I mean, and I think um even if we have to lose our noses <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, like and i think I think, but that's the healthy that's where to me. It's good to be reminded that at certain points, we have to be the ones who say, how much is enough? Sure. How much of this do you expect us sure. to let you... How how, how much are you, do you think we're going to let you play us as Americans before right. we say, nah, this isn't the way it goes here? Sure. You know what I mean? And I think um, that's, that's... That's what the So great it's, about the yeah, genre. A, and, yeah. and, you know, LA Confidential, too. I, oh, in I a lot that. of ways, it's not... That's what's so... If if you said to ninety nine out of a hundred people right now like who loved La Comedy, they couldn't tell you what the plot is, I don't really remember the plot. What you remember is that it's is that when you drop into it, some the, you realize the music, the performances, the way it looks, everything. It works a kind of hypnosis, and suddenly you go, "Whoa! This is not this is not kitschy. This is not right. cliche. This is not you know kind of like tongue in cheek. Or this is like." this has got guts and it's real. And I feel like I've gone through a portal and I'm back in that moment. Right. And you're just like, it flips. some switch in your head in my head. When I watch those movies and I go, just take me wherever you want to go. I'm in like, this looks great. This sounds great. Right. These are, these are actors with weight and guts and wherever you're going, I'm just happy to be here. You know, that's, that's what I think is kind of great about those
0: classic films. And, um, uh, we, that's what we were trying to make. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, on, on the QT and very hush hush. Um, I know we're on the clock, and uh, but my listeners are going to kill me if I don't ask. Um, next week, twentieth anniversary Fight Club. Yeah. Is that what I it think is? so. I you think know, it comes and, out next what, was Tuesday or something. Ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. October. Um, just real quick memories, or you know, one of the greatest twists ever. You know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. But um, just playing a role that you know. Are you in in Pitt? Working together, like, trying to, to have you have some of the same mannerisms. The whole Tyler Durden thing, yeah. No,
1: I, I think, I guess there's
0: aspects of it that, um, you, there's,
1: it's sort of blink and you miss it, um, kind of stuff, but, um, the aficionados of it have found the places that Fincher put, like, <laughs> you know, single frame or two frame pops of right. Tyler appearing, in the mind as an idea before he actually appears Um, I think but you know look I I think that there was a group of people working on that not just me and Brad obviously David genius Andy Walker Mm -hmm. Helena terrific designers Jeff Cronin with one of the great contemporary cinematographers and we were kind of all the same age we were all I think you know marinating in the sensation that that there were things that 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 people our age were struggling with you know and and Chuck's book caught this Chuck's book just caught like was like a like tap this vein you know and I yeah. think we almost just felt like we just have to we have to take what he's caught and get it right we've got a we got a turn this into something that expresses the moment that we're living in as we feel it right now and you know I don't I don't mean to be exclusionary and say you, you know this is the wrong way but we were making it for our friends for ourselves for it was for people of a certain age and when and and in a lot of ways um, I think as Fincher said if we didn't piss some people off. We didn't go far enough, you sure. know. And I think, um, I think we, we, we knew, we knew not everybody was going to get the joke. But in a way, that's part of what yeah. makes it
0: more fun in some ways. Everybody gets it now. <laughs> so again, everybody, uh, Edward Norton, Motherless Brooklyn. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, come out and see it.